This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode one of the Mellow Compass podcast the podcast where we really get underneath what job titles actually mean. This week, we have the amazing Daisy. Daisy has worked as a creative director, music video director, lyric video animator, and graphic designer with some of the biggest dance acts, including DJ Snake, Axwell and Grosso, Chase and Status, as well as for Amber Mark, SG Lewis, and Drum and Bass Arena, to name a few. We dive into what it means to be a creative director what qualities she looks for in a creative, and also some of her projects, along with lots of tips and wisdom when it comes to working in the music industry. We hope you love it, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Welcome, the lovely, lovely Daisy. So... How are you today? I am very well. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So for context for how myself and Daisy met, we started working together um, at Instrumental, um, a data-focused music company um, in 2015. Since then, it's evolved into something much bigger. It's a label. It's an A&R scouting system. And so to kick it off, we wanted to start with some warm-up questions to help the audience get to know you as a person as well as the professional you because talking day to day we connect with people on a personal level as well as professional level so Daisy are you ready I'm ready I'm so ready yes great (laughs) what is something that people do not know about you or not many people know about you um you see I always find questions like that quite tough to answer because I think I'm quite an open book so when people meet me it's kind of like this is me it's I'm 100% always myself it's people who know me like pretty much know everything about me people who don't know me I guess quite an interesting fact about me is that I started in the music industry as a singer um after university I got signed to a subsidiary of Sony called Relentless band with my brother the band was named after my best friend Mousy um and a Mousy still in existence today 
no although it, we never like did the official like the band is over and did like a post to our fans but it kind of uh it ended and just I guess fizzled out over time mm. how would you describe yourself in three words I think creative hardworking and passionate all very important words mm. question number three and this is the final question. Yeah. Where did your passion of music come from? So my mom is a primary school music teacher. My dad uh, is a designer, but always played in like bands and has always been very passionate about music. Um, we're a very musical family. You know, those movies that you watch and the family is driving in a car and everyone's singing in harmony. You're like, that's not real life. That literally was my family. Much to my boyfriend and all of our like partners. Very embarrassing for them. But um, yeah, we were, we've always been a very musical family. So I guess the passion for music and importance of music in my life came from, you know, my childhood and growing up around music. Mm kind of runs throughout the family always destined to be something within creative and something within music potentially yeah for sure yeah and you mentioned starting your career as an artist did you ever think about where that could take you in terms of the business side of the industry no not at all I mean anyone who grows up with music and plays in bands and stuff like that or plays in you know orchestras or whatever there's always that like hope and dream of becoming a professional musician um, but there was no end goal. There was no clear plan. And I actually, I went to university to study industrial design, which is like very different to what I'm doing now. So I did an internship designing tooth x-ray machines and breast pumps. It was very like engineering based. Um, and so music was this kind of escapism and passion and then as soon as the band started kind of doing well, I didn't really think about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this for a bit because um, I enjoy it. There wasn't really a plan. I didn't really think it through that much. It was a bit of a domino effect, as I think many people's careers are. They just kind of like start with one thing and then it leads on to other stuff. And then here we are. Yeah, definitely. Do you think doing that degree has helped? in any way possible like would you say that it's still important to go to university and study a subject that you think will you know be a part of your career or is it really getting yourself on the ladder as soon as possible I think it's different for everyone and I think there's no one answer that is the right answer for everyone you kind of need to do what's right for you and at the time I thought that going to study that, that that's the career that I wanted um, because that's what my dad did and he was always really passionate about his job and I was like that's what I want I want that passion I want to be excited about my work like he is for his I don't regret doing it at all uh, and I feel like I learned a lot and I learned about what I didn't want to do as well which I think is just as important a lesson as learning what you do want to do I think anything that you do inevitably will be useful to what you end up doing and you can take like there are certain things that I learned in my design course and creative thinking that I now use in what I'm doing now. But maybe it's different, but those like skills are still quite similar. And I think everybody kind of like you take all your experiences that you've learned in your life and you kind of accumulate it into one into hopefully the perfect role for you. Um, 
but yeah I think everyone's different and I think not going to university is also fine like you might it might not be the right environment for you it might be you know doing things hands-on might be might be a better way um but my boyfriend never went to university and he's doing well in, in the music industry as well so I think it's not um it's not essential yeah it really depends on the career path and it's also I think going back to three words of describing yourself the passion with what you're doing day to day is a real driver for knowing what a career can look like inside of that Mm. and I guess it's been yeah it's been very fortunate that the music side really ramped up whilst you were doing that creative degree Um, and now several years on both of those are something that you have in your day to day yeah definitely being able to like have found something that kind of taps into my two passions has been amazing and like I growing up I never knew being a graphic designer creative director blah blah blah, in the music industry was even a thing a lot of the jobs in the music industry can be quite niche um so I feel quite lucky that I've been able to work myself into a role in a career that kind of ticks off so many different passions of mine and now you have many hats Mm. creative director singer songwriter artist music video director what is this title that you generally go by how do you tend to describe yourself when that family friend asks you (laughs) what do you do daisy oh god the dreaded question the i think it's the question that anybody who works in the music industry dreads to hear because it's so difficult to explain to someone who doesn't work in the industry I guess my role it really changes depending on who I'm talking to what the project is Um, I think in general I say creative director in the music industry because it kind of covers like a broad spectrum Um, but you know graphic designer photographer video editor music video director animator Uh, yeah but I would say probably creative director kind of is the broader covering of all of those things and would you say um, for someone who is familiar with the term creative director Mm -hmm. but is not clear exactly what they do how would you describe your day-to-day and who are the types of people that you work with because for example when I started out in music and media advertising agencies you'll have a creative director you'll also have a creative director in creative agencies also at labels now like globe at universal have a creative director in-house so you know there are these different contexts of creative director but in the context of music how would you describe your day-to-day so what's really interesting about what you just said is that a creative director role can be so varied in different settings so you can kind of depending on which agency you're at you could be a creative director in photography or for specifically for music videos you can like have your niche as a creative director um but i guess in general for me my role is very varied as you can see well here from uh, all my different job titles i guess and it's very adaptable per project so in terms of my role in some settings my role is to you know be a graphic designer and design some artwork for example but then there'll be other projects where I'm directing a whole team so my job is more to get everyone on the same page think of the big picture so for example for 
an album campaign, we'll sit down with uh, the artist and the label and the management and kind of have a conversation about what idea the artist had um, or the label had for the album campaign and ask kind of help come up with ideas for artwork, music videos, photography, style of photography, just everything visual um, that kind of tells the same story. And then I'll kind of work with a team of people to make that come to life. So I'll be uh, directing the team of people, like a director of photography, an animator, whatever, and kind of pulling them all together to kind of all get on the same page and create this vision. So if we're to touch on one of the many awesome projects that you worked on um, to take um, an example. So you worked with DJ Snake, designed his lyric videos, designed the bespoke denim jackets in collaboration with Levi's, and then you also created some personalized Snapchat stickers. How did all of that come about? And what was the end-to-end process um, for one of those things? So working with DJ Snake, at the time I was head of creative um, at ATM, which is run by Amy Thompson, who's a notorious manager in the music industry, specifically for dance artists. She's managed other artists as well that aren't dance focused, but she famously managed Swedish House Mafia, Chasing Status, um, who else? Alesso loads of people so I was working for her at the time and DJ Snake she was managing DJ Snake um and so Amy liked to do everything in-house and take control of all the creative rather than leave it down to the label and so a lot of the projects that we did were kind of very creative the lyric videos actually I did after I left ATM and were done as a freelancer but for example the Levi's denim jackets Levi's wanted to do a collaboration with DJ Snake. He has a clothing brand called Pardon My French. So we designed just um, a denim jacket, like a worn, like vintage denim jacket with the PMF logo on the back with like splattered paint. And what we did was I literally went and handmade, well, went to vintage shops, found like 20 denim jackets in different sizes for all of DJ Snake's team got them screen printed with the logo and then like hand distressed with like sandpaper all these jackets splattered paint on them and so they were all completely bespoke um, and original and then what we did with Levi's is that we mass produced them and when they launched in the in the Paris store there was literally a queue all the way down the Champs-Élysées is that what it's called and like DJ Snake had to get a police escort into the wow. <laughs> into the stores so it was like absolutely incredible yeah and it's just like weird because like I just turned up one day at work and like Amy was like oh hey can you just design some denim jacket didn't think anything of it and then you kind of like look back and you're like oh wow actually that was it was just like any other day at work but actually was quite an incredible project um and same with the snapchat did a billboard there was a billboard in Times Square that's pretty cool. Did you ever think that you were going to get a billboard in Times Square and also numerous yes. billboards around London? That's sad. And it's funny when I went to apply for my next job after ATM, I put the picture of the billboard, that specific one of the Snapchat, in my portfolio. And I remember the, the head of design asked me, is that Photoshop? Did you really design a billboard in Times Square? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's real. And he was like, wow, that's mad. And I 
I think it happens really often in music. You don't really realize how big, like a thing that you're doing. And you look back and you're like, think about having designed these like huge billboards or working on campaigns that have affected or have influenced like a lot of people getting more into the detail of working at ATM with Amy Thompson. It's a company that you mentioned that you you really did learn your craft alongside Amy, mm. um, who's in, an incredible boss, as well as being a super successful artist manager. Mm-hmm. What are some of the key things that you learned from that experience? I think work ethic is one of the biggest ones. At the moment, I'm working with an old colleague on a different project who also used to work for Amy. And we were sitting and chatting the other day and she was like, I don't understand. Like, everyone just seems to be so bad at their job. Is it just me? And I was like, no, we just learned this crazy work ethic from Amy. But in comparison, everyone else seems to be like really slow or... It, it, it definitely feels like there's a huge difference between people who've worked for Amy and people who haven't. And I'm not going to lie, it was really intense working um, at ATM. And I think everybody knows that. And she's quite notorious in the industry for, you know, working people hard. But what I learned working there was absolutely invaluable and I wouldn't trade it. Um, and just the way that she approached projects creatively, like the amount of effort and just overachieving and over delivering on everything for Swedish House Mafia, but also for DJ Snake, we would write treatments and come up with ideas that more often than not never even got looked at by the um, by the artists. But we made these like treatments for their like headline festival shows and stuff. And it would be like 200 page documents with a different idea on every single page. She would like... I'm not going to say lock us in the office, but pretty much we were locked in the office and it would just, we would spend like 10 hours, like not leaving that room until we'd come up with like all of these ideas. One time we had, um, she had the idea to start an Axwell and Ingrosso show with um, the sound of an orgasm and the whole, uh, the whole show was like neon porn themed. And so we literally sat in Amy's office and watched neon search neon porn on google and watched that for like hours and it was absolutely outrageous that is not something you do every day (laughs) but just like the lengths and stuff that she goes to and the creative ideas and like no idea is not a like you know just constantly coming up with new creative ideas have really showed me the limitless creativity that you can have in the music industry a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. And how did you actually get that job? Well, I was freelancing at the time. Um, and I saw this job come up on the dots. Follow the dots, everyone. I've read it and I said to my boyfriend, I was like, have you heard of ATM? He was like... I think so. And then we looked at the artist and I mean, I'd never heard of Axel and Grosso. Uh, I'd heard of Swedish House Mafia. So Axel and Grosso are two members of Swedish House Mafia. So they went and did their own. One of the members left. And so they kind of did their own thing for a few years. Um, but Gary had, sorry, Gary, my boyfriend, he'd heard of them. And he was like, oh yeah, they're quite big actually. Um, but it's interesting when you work in the music industry, you get so used to being around successful musicians. It doesn't really phase you at all. You could be in a room with like some of the most famous and influential musicians ever. It's just colleagues. Like you don't really think about it. So I was like, oh, okay, well, it's just, just another job kind of thing. Mm. Went in for an interview actually saying that I wanted to, didn't want to do it full time, that I wanted to work there as a freelancer and just do X amount of days per week. So I started out as a freelancer and then after two months they were like, well, we want you to come on full time. So then I started, I was hired as a graphic designer and then I worked my way up to head of creative. Amazing. And I think that's such a good example of really crafting your own career path. Like, mm. you know, it's very easy to go in and see these, these people who have done incredibly well for themselves and just go in and agree to what their terms are. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you went in and said, no, I'm a freelancer, these are my terms, like it or leave it. Mm. And then they took you on as a full-time role is a credit to your skills. Yeah, I definitely think um, what I've learned is if you don't ask, you don't get. So worst case scenario is they say no so I I went from graphic designer to head of creative because I I kind of felt like I'd run my course in my role at, at ATM so I went I actually applied for a job outside of the music industry so I got a job elsewhere but then I went back to uh, ATM and I was like I've been offered a job elsewhere but if you match the salary I'll stay um, I would 
like to, you know, I feel like I can be doing more and I feel like I've come to the end of what I can do within this role here. So then they decided to um, increase my pay and change my role to head of creative. She wanted me to prove my worth, um, but it turned out to be actually the best move because I really enjoyed stepping into more of a like an overall creative you know we went to we flew to Sweden to have like creative meetings with Virgil Abloh who was creative director at Louis Vuitton and uh Francesca Rigatti who is creative director at Montclair so like these huge amazing creatives in fashion and I was just there like as the like creative representative of these artists having conversations with these like huge powerhouses of like creativity. Did you ever consider going into fashion having been speaking to all of these incredible creatives from the fashion industry? Um no. Uh, <laughs> Dead no. <laughs> just though I think fashion is like this whole other realm and I just unless I feel like unless you've kind of grown up through it I definitely feel like an outsider of like the fashion world yeah fair enough you did dip your toes in for fashion um at AEI group um when you're working as a creative there mm -hmm. um designing a super cool tracksuit for um drum and bass arena um and I believe that came about because um you spotted a gap in the market for female based clothing ranges in drum and bass yeah AEI is a kind of like umbrella brand kind of company for lots of like labels and other music companies and music festivals um, and they all kind of work under the same roof and so in terms of designing merch whilst I was there I was designing for UKS, Drum Bass Arena and I did some stuff for NCS yeah as we were kind of like designing stuff all of the female stuff was just like unisex t-shirts and I mean I'm not a huge drum and bass fan but everyone who works at AI is they know their shit and they're like super drum and bass fans and I was like kind of like asking them I was like is there any merch for, for women and they were like no and there was this girl Hope and she was like we should totally design this merch range so yeah I just started doing it so we designed these male and female tracksuits and now they have all the ranges are male and female. Drum Bass Arena, one of my favourites was designing um, a reversible bucket hat. Drum Bass Arena colours are black and yellow. And so one side of the cap is yellow and then the other side is black and you just reverse it depending on which colour you like. Yeah, it was really fun. And what advice would you give listeners who are breaking into this remit of the business? Um, say they may be doing design on the side and want to move into the area full time. So what advice would you give people to follow those dreams? I would say just keep going. Um, opportunities come when you least expect them to. And actually those small opportunities that seem quite insignificant at the time can really often lead to bigger things. And so whenever you're working on something, really just like put your full effort in. Approach every single project like this is your big break because a lot of the time those are the ones that if people are impressed by the work that you do they'll recommend you to other people or you'll be on their radar and the more projects and the more things you do that kind of impress people the more they'll recommend you to other stuff you never know when things will pay off so always put in the effort to any opportunity you get yeah and I think it's really knowing those brilliant basics I do not underestimate any task 
look at admin as something that actually is really fun because admin is so important it's so important actually communication is so important because like so like if I'm working on a project I will just make sure uh I'll make sure that they know what's happening at all times because I know that I find that useful if I've hired someone to do something I want them to let me know when they're working on it how long it's going to take um if they have any questions I would rather they ask all the questions rather than do it and like have to give like loads of feedback feedback is so important so if I'm working on a project I will make sure that my client knows at all times what's happening and I'll never I will not say like under promise and over deliver but if I say I'll have a draft for you by early next week I'll aim to have it before then and then there rather than saying like oh I'll have a draft for you tomorrow but then actually I don't have time to the end of the week so I think always kind of give yourself leeway, uh, make sure that everybody knows what's happening and when they're going to get it. Um, I've actually found that to be people uh, always like not always, but like the majority of the time at the end of projects, they like, oh, it was really great. It was a really enjoyable process working with you. And you talk a lot about constantly being communication, keeping clients updated. If, for example, you are designing a lyric video who are the key parties who you're working with so like sg lewis at the moment i'm doing a series of lyric videos for his album um and we had a call with him at the beginning so that he could talk through all of his ideas and you know what each song meant to him um and what that meant visually i mean the bigger artists you don't really tend to speak to them at all um and never come into contact them with them at any point um like working for DJ Snake, I never met him. I worked for him for two years and I never, I was never in the same room as him. When you're a musician, there's so many people that you meet all the time that I think it can be quite overwhelming. Like it's easier just to have like one person to deal with in terms of one person on the label side, one person on the management team. And it's like, you know who to ask to get what. Whereas if you were introduced to the whole wider team, there would be like 50 people or 100 people that you communicated with. So I think it is a better system. But it is quite crazy that you like, you just like, I worked for him for two years and I never met him. I think that's very common. All of the artists that I've worked with who are on, say, the bigger scale, they're so protected by their teams and their management that everything comes through them, which I think as an artist is you know is what you want yeah and that brings us quite nicely on to what are the things the three things I work in threes as you can see what are the three things you've learned over the six years that you've worked in music that you would want our listeners to take away um number one would be to network um it's so important to network and kind of learn how to like big yourself up but without seeming like you're showing off a lot of everything in the music industry is based on like personal connections and referrals which is why networking is so important so I would say it's really important to kind of just like find a good way to kind of slip in what you're working on number two would be be bold um ask for what you want because the worst that could happen is that you don't get it which means that you're start, you're exactly where you were before you asked and number three is just keep going um the longer you work in the industry the more people you know and the more opportunities come your way 
sometimes it can be really intense and some sometimes it can be very like uh thankless um it's a lot of it, it can be a lot of work but if it's something you're really passionate about just keep going because it does eventually pay off yeah I think persistence is key mm-hmm. when it comes to the music industry and it's something that's that comes up on on other podcasts that I've listened to as well for persistence and the passion and, and the drive and yeah you, you gotta really want it I think that's yeah that's very true um what's the best advice that anyone has given you the best advice uh anyone has ever given to me was from my brother who I was in the band with and he was like uh just tell people you can do it and then figure it out uh on the job or before the job because so often people won't hire you unless you know how to do something if you go in and like oh well I've never done it before um but I'd quite like to you know just be like yeah yeah absolutely I've done that yeah 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 of course I know how to do that and then if you obviously if you know that you can um uh like I once went in to like this agency and was uh uh they just wanted to hire me uh to like take some photos of an artist and I went in with like a whole like pdf presentation of like just the whole creative style of artists and I was like you could do this and this and like look at all these amazing like photographers blah 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 and um um the uh and they were really impressed and they were like oh do you do music videos I was like yeah 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 never done a music video and uh and so then they hired me to do this music video or like content let's say and I um and this photo shoot I didn't own a camera and so I literally went out and bought a camera and Googled how to use the camera the day before. But it turned out really well because I knew the kind of photos I wanted to take. I knew what I wanted to learn. I knew what the end goal was. I just needed to learn the technical skills, uh, which I knew that I could do because um, I'd had a camera like when I was younger, but I just didn't have one like right then. Um, but it's all stuff that I knew that I could do if I put my mind to it. So I think that's something really important that I learned from my brother was just like, tell people you can do it and then figure it out. Worry about the how after the what. Um, because if you know the what, then you can work it out. Yeah. And I just think, and and just like quickly on, on that note as well, is that like something when I was hiring people, um, in my teams and I was working like full-time like the thing that I looked for um, and actually my dad used to tell me a lot as well when he was hiring people is that like the most important thing to look for is like the passion for something and the creative ideas um, because skills can be learned like a lot easier than like creative and passion um, so they're the main things you should look out for so I think the same applies for your own career um, don't be scared to apply for something because you might not have that skill set. You can always learn that skill set and be able to hire out the skills that you don't have. Yeah, delegate. That's so true. Focus on what you want to develop in and outsource everything else. Yeah, that's really key. Yeah. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for joining us on our very first episode um, of the Mellow Compass podcast. Um, one last thing before you go. If listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? 
probably the best way to see what I'm up to, what I've been doing and to connect with me would be on my Instagram, which is um, this is Dose or my agency Instagram, which is um, Super Glow Creative. The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.